What's going on, everybody? Hope you guys are having a wonderful day, and welcome back to the GFY Podcast. I'm excited about this week's podcast. I think you're really going to like our guest that we have today. And speaking of that guest, it is someone you may already know because he's kind of a big deal. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, please make sure that you leave it a like, leave it a rating, leave a comment. Thank you guys so much for continuing to support us. Our guest today is a YouTuber, a Twitch streamer, and also a reality TV star. That's our boy, Dan Geesling. So everybody welcome our boy, Dan Geesling. What made you guys start a podcast? We had one um, probably two years ago with all the all the uh, crew, all of our friends that play together, and yeah. um, I was running it. And we had we had some guys that wanted to get on every single time, and then we had some guys that didn't want to get on. And so it was it was like pulling teeth. I felt obligated to always ask those guys to get on. And so after about twenty episodes, I ended up like shutting it down just because. It was just like pulling teeth instead of recording content. Yeah, it was more we were, like a chore. Yeah. People were like trying to come up with excuses why they couldn't be there and stuff. Like, dude, you don't have to lie to us. Just tell us you don't want to come. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got you. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. Like, uh, so you guys are just self aware. Like, hey, well, let's just do our own thing. Yeah. yeah and sure. so we, we took about a year break and then we're back with it. And so. Uh, what made you guys want to give it another shot? Just because it was something different. I mean, we've been in the gaming scene for like 10 years, and it's it's always been always just jokes and stuff like that. We wanted to be a little bit more serious this side, let people see the serious side of us a little bit, and still see the funny side of us too, um, and have our little personalities and tell stories and something we don't really get to do with our content most of the time. No, I got you. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, One and one of the things that I wanted is like, like you said, you know, we'd been doing gaming stuff for you know 10 years and so we know a lot of people in the gaming community so i was like why don't we just take this you know take this idea and go out and get people like bring in somebody to interview because i mean both of us we listen to a bunch of podcasts anyway like joe rogan and a bunch of those other guys you know and so we're like why don't we just you know do that kind of on a gaming level i got you i know there's other people that do it but you know just for something to do yeah, no, well, that's the thing, man. Like, I started mine a year ago. Uh, it'd be a year on Tuesday. Yeah, and, so uh, doing your, your, yeah. Uh, live, aren't you doing it live? Your one yeah. Year cool. Yeah. And there's, a, there's just a lot of white space here, meaning, like, there's, like, uh, out of everything I've done in the past year, like, starting the podcast has had the most depth, meaning I get a lot of DMs about it. I just feel like, you know, you guys know Twitch and YouTube, there's a lot of, you know, I don't call it saturation, but there's more bodies in the way and, and podcasting there's not. So you guys are super smart and I'm, and I'm sure you guys have probably seen similar stuff too. It's just, it's just to me, I look at it as a deeper way to connect with an audience. You know, like yeah. if someone, if someone puts you in their headphones and you're like, you're working out or you're in commuting, it's like, it's kind of personal. You know what I mean? Versus it like really a video. Is, yeah. It really yeah. is. We get a lot of uh, feedback. People, I, you probably get the same thing is everyone says, man, you're my mo- Monday morning wake up. Like I literally put you on, on the way to work and on the way back from work, or I have a long drive on this thing and this. And so like, dude, I listen to you guys and I like, like binge 
the, a lot of people will wait and wait and wait for like three or four <laughs> episodes and then knock it all out in one one sitting. So it's pretty cool for people too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm fired up for you guys because I think it's uh, you know I saw you guys are doing. It, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So yeah. thanks so much for asking me to come on. So uh, what is uh, what is your podcast mainly about, Dan? Like, so, what do so, you do? Yeah, so I just uh, I, I started as kind of almost like a journal to say just chronicle like all the stuff I'm going through in YouTube and Twitch, the good stuff, the stuff I try that doesn't work, the bad stuff, issues, right. and then uh, you know, and then just kind of mixing in their interviews. I, I think the biggest thing I always wanted to start a podcast, but uh, I'm like, oh, it's got to be structured in a format and this and that. And this one, I just kind of I just go, you know, I do one episode a week. And then I have an, uh, a producer that will like take bits uh, from Twitch and YouTube and kind of make mini podcast episodes. There's this guy I follow. You guys may or may not have heard him. His name's Gary V. And as, have you guys ever heard of him? I don't think so. If I've I saw his I like stuff, I might know, but, uh, no, not off the top of my head. You, no. you should really listen to his podcast. He's just very forward thinking in, in business and, and the social space. And so I just really just emulate what he executes. So he has a podcast and then he has like these random uh, mini podcast episodes to clip it. And so I, to answer your question, I forget what the question was, but I, I just started it because it's something I wanted to do. And, and I think it's a, uh, you know, it's a great way to connect with, you know, the community that you have and, and also grow and, and stuff like that. And plus it's like you guys, it's nice to have an outlet to talk about things that maybe on the top of your head. Yeah. I, uh, I think I had someone this week tweet about something about Gary V, and I kind of brushed it off, and I kind of listened list a little bit. They were talking about how forward-thinking. When you said forward-thinking, that got me thinking, oh, I saw that tweet. Uh, I, I heard a girl, I saw a girl's tweet, and she was like, yeah, I listened to this guy's podcast, and it really got me thinking about my content and how I approach it and uh, what are the steps like as not just a content creator, a content creator, but as a listener and what steps, what steps I need to take to make myself watchable and what would I want to see as a viewer and stuff like that. So I think, I don't know if that's the same guy. I think it is. I'm trying to look up the, uh, tweet right now, but that's, that's pretty cool though. Pretty cool. Dude, I, I'll tell you this about Gary V. So I've, I've been probably following his stuff for maybe like six years mm-hmm. and like he's really blown up in the past year or two, but he wrote an article once. It actually might have been a podcast. So I was doing a lot of speaking in college. You know, I was going to colleges and speaking a lot, and it just really wasn't kind of sitting well with me in terms of I just, I was kind of on the fence. Like, it paid really well, but I wasn't really enjoying it. And he released his podcast, and the second, like, he just said something that really spoke to me. And I just literally, the next step, I, I stopped speaking, and I, I did a 180 with my entire life. It's crazy. Like, it's super, like, he's just so practical and gives such real advice. It's not BS. And, I mean, I can't, out of... He's the only podcast that I listen to regularly. And cause it just, it really, you guys will listen to one of his episodes and you'll have 10 different ideas on how to make your channels better, your communities better, your everything. It's, I can't recommend it high enough. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm still looking for that tweet, but I'm 99% sure that that's who it was that we're talking about. Cause it sounds exactly what you're talking about. That's awesome though. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. I, like, um, D20 was telling me a lot about how you got into, uh, you were in Big Brother, you were a teacher before that and a coach, and then how you kind of transitioned into gaming afterwards. Like, can you tell me a little bit about your story? Cause I'm very intrigued on the steps that you took throughout <laughs> your, I know you don't have to give me the whole, yeah, it's not, it's yeah. not the, you know, it's not a regular story. Like, oh, I just started YouTube, you know, as a hobby. Like you, you know, have such a story before that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So long story short, 
I, as a kid, I grew up and Survivor was debuted. I think I was 15 or 16 and I really liked it, but internally, I'm like, I'd love to compete in that, but I, I, I know I won't last outdoors. I'm not an outdoorsy type of guy. And then right after there, Big Brother came on, it premiered and it's essentially it's the same game as Survivor, except it takes place in a, a house. So you remove you food. <laughs> yeah. And you get food. <laughs> you you starving, don't, yeah. yeah. You don't have to brave the elements. It's like mental Survivor. And right. so at age 16, I'm like, I knew I wanted to do this. So. Fast forward five plus years, I applied. So you have to be 21 to apply. And I, I applied four years in a row and back and forth, back and forth. And then I finally get on and uh, I was fortunate enough to, to play and, and win and, you know, winning, winning the money. You know, I've come from the Midwest. I'm from a, a blue collar town, uh, Dearborn, Michigan. And I just, so I had this money as a 25 year old and I just didn't want to waste it. And so along with that, you know, I did fairly well in the show and, and, you know, I played really hard, but I didn't really go after anyone. So as a result, I had kind of a community before there were communities. I just had a lot of support. And as a, uh, as a kid, I always grew up playing video games. And then I went on Big Brother again, and it was the second time that I went on that I got off the show and I tweeted something. So I've always been kind of like an undercover nerd. I grew up with a computer when I was two and you're talking like early eighties. My dad just always had a computer is really into that stuff. That's right. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Like I, I can remember it, but so I was always kind of a undercover nerd and I just randomly tweeted out. I was in Seattle for like a big brother press event and I knew that's where the headquarters for magic, the gathering of wizard wizards of the coast was. So I sent out a tweet. I said, Hey, this is after two times I'm to big brother. I'm like, Hey, can anyone get me into a you know tour of wizards of the coast? It's pretty hard to get in there. And this guy named Marcus Graham, he also goes by the name DJ Wheat, reached out to me and said, hey, I can get you in. And so I connected with him. He ends up being, and I didn't know him at the time, he ends up being like the John Madden of esports. He he was a caster before there was casting, and then he went on to work at Twitch. So he kind of got me hooked into Twitch. And at this point, it's like 2011. I had no idea that people played video games on the Internet and people would watch them. You know, on it YouTube. Seems outlandish when you first think about it. Yeah, at that yeah. time it was really, you know, kind of barely getting started anyway. It, yeah, it was crazy. And like, I'm, I love video games my entire life. I just didn't know there was kind of this, this combination of entertainment and video games. And I saw it and he's like, Hey, you should really do this and you should try it on Twitch. And, and so I did it. I think my first stream was like December 2011, maybe. And I it just kind of grew from there and, and just, and just being in that space. One of the hardest things for me to do was pivot from, Hey, you're Dan from Big Brother. Why are you playing video games? You know, so it's really like you're known for quote unquote known for one thing on the internet and yeah. you're trying to like pivot. It's a really, it's, it was a tough thing. It just takes a lot of time, but long story short, you know, that's kind of how I got started. And then, you know, I met Speedy in 2012 random. I was at E3 and someone's like, Hey, Speedy's there. You should meet him. And I didn't know who speedy was or anything like that but yeah and like so i met speedy and like this is like i don't know who anyone is i'm just at e3 walking Uh, around yeah and then um probably he loves big brother (laughs) me and him are the one yeah me and him are the ones that always talk big brother and everybody else is like yeah yeah and i think (laughs) that's what what happens with the internet someone knew that i was at e3 and the new speedy was a uh you know had watched big brother so like hey you should meet speedy i'm like cool you know and then Kind of, you know, but that's how the internet works. You it is. Just it's so meet weird. people. Yeah, it's so it weird. is just a strange thing. So what? What made you decide that you were going to take that path instead of you know going back to coaching and teaching and stuff like that? Like once you won the money, were you just kind of like, 
good now i don't have to teach anymore or what was the no nah, so i actually i actually after i won the money i went right back to teaching more or less so i got some really good advice from some former players that i respected players of you know big brother players they're like, hey, go back to your life as fast as possible. Because really, when you go through reality TV, it's not normal at all. Like, you're thrust upon this this limelight, and it's really, really weird. Where for like 30 days, 60 days, it's like you go from being a regular person to all of a sudden, you know, you're all over the internet. People are reaching out to you, interview. It's just, it's not a like natural progression because it's not like you're an actor that you have this career that builds up. It's like, hey. You're on a TV show. Here's your normal life. You walk out and, oh, all these people want to talk to you. It's just, it's a really yeah. tough transition. So I went back to teaching and for a while and coaching. And then I got into college speaking and then just kind of, I'm actually going back to coaching this year, but I, I have a, a business that I run outside of Twitch and YouTube that I don't really talk about online, but it's just been, a, it's been a really fun go of it. But, uh, for me, YouTube and Twitch started out as something I enjoyed doing, like a, like a hobby. Mm-hmm. And now it's something that I enjoy doing and it's grown into like a business, which is even cooler. I mean, as you guys can attest. You know, oh, yeah. That's, awesome. That's pretty cool. I had a couple questions before you get into more uh, D20. Um, yeah, number yeah. one, what subject did you teach? Cause I got to know that. <laughs> so I taught freshman biology. In, I mean, uh, in that's tough. Health, that's tough. Health class, gym. Okay. I taught business. Gym was the best because. We would play when I grew up. We played dodgeball, and oh, everybody did. Sure. Still do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we played dodgeball, and it's like the best time because you have some of these kids in your biology class, and some of them are in gym class. So, and it's like competitive. And so, we were able to pull off dodgeball until there was this other gym class, and there was a second gym on the campus that I taught, and on the upper level of the gym was like a running track. So you had the, the basketball yeah, court on the those. floor yeah. Yeah, yeah, and a running track on above. And then, well, this teacher gets the idea to play sniper dodgeball with kids hanging <laughs> over the railing playing dodgeball. Uh-huh. So like, so one day I'm, I'm doing gym class and, and it, you're playing dodgeball and the principal comes in and is like, hey, you can't play dodgeball anymore. I'm like, why not? He's like, well, you know, they broke a bunch of windows and a kid got hurt playing sniper dodgeball. I'm like, well, <laughs> thanks for ruining it for us all. That's awesome yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we played one called Dead Man, and basically this is pretty dangerous too, is where you, when you get out, you don't go to the side, you go to the middle. You go to the middle and sit down. So you can still get hit with a ball. The only way you can get back in is if you grab the person on your team and pull them like their Lieutenant Dan <laughs> all the way across the free throw line, and then they can get up after they cross the free throw line on a, like a basketball court. Yeah, so that's, that's the only way. And so was, what would happen? Was- they would pull. Was that school or was yeah. that like just friends? Yeah, that's that's yeah. in school? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when you pick them up, you have no hands because you have to put your hands underneath their armpits to, to drag them. Yeah. You got to like drag them. So yeah. Like you're just, you're, you, like you're you can leave the them face. and come back that's and get them. Happened. But like, I mean, you're just kind of sitting <laughs> did, duck. Did that yeah. person have to play dead or could they fight you? I mean, they could you know, help a little bit. They could help a little just, bit. Like yeah. They're kick. just sitting there and they could, like you could use your feet to kind of scoop, but your butt had to stay on the floor. Wow. And then somebody's like pulling you back. And so you like, <laughs> yeah. It was, and it was like a game that never ended because like as soon as you got low on people, you just like hold all the balls and then drag everybody back in and it just kept going like forever. Yeah. That's pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah. That's how you get, get our, uh, our calories out. But, um, another question I had was, no, you were into coaching and you talked a little bit about going back into it. You don't have to talk much about that, but what did you coach? Were you like, were you at a small school where you had to do multiple sports, like two or three, or were you just football or what, what was the deal with the coaching? Yeah, so I started out, I played football in high school. I was a very average ability. 
but I can always remember as a kid I running sprints and I really liked the coach at the time. And, and one day, you know, he's blowing the whistle and I thought one day, this is probably ninth grade. I thought one day I want to be the dude on the other side of the whistle. I don't want to be running these sprints, but, but I like, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of knew that in my head. So when I went to college, I volunteered. I, you know, that's a whole different story, but I like wrote a letter. I knocked on the door. I emailed until I kind of, I went to school at Michigan State University until they kind of took me in as a student manager. So I did equipment stuff for four years in college. And then when I graduated college, I'd spent all my free time there. So I didn't really get into really any trouble in college, which was good because I spent all my free time in this football building. So after I did the equipment stuff, I'd hang out with the coaches and I would, I'd just sit there and they'd be like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, if you have anything you need me to do, let me know. I'll be here. So one day this, this coach, his name's coach Haynes. He's like, Hey, I need you to run some copies and staple this. And then it went from that to, Hey, we watch this film and draw these routes and Hey, will you help me do this? And so after four years of doing that, when I graduated, there's this position that's, uh, it's called a graduate assistant. Yeah, so they GA. pay for your, yeah. So I was a GA at Michigan state for two years. And I, so I essentially coached college football for two years and under John L. Smith at Michigan state and Ooh, long story sorry. short that, <laughs> well, he's a great guy, a no, great coach. Not. And it no, and, and, uh, it was, it was such a great experience because I worked 17 hours a day and I just really learned how to work hard. I learned a lot of football and I had a choice. There was kind of the fork in the road and where I, I, I had a path to pursue college football or I could coach high school football. And, and I just, for me, I love football, but I, the, the coaching staff I was on got fired and, you know, you saw the, the coach come in with their family. The kids would be crying because oh, yeah, now, the now they got to move. Yeah. And they have no yeah. control. They could go to Oregon, Montana. So then from there, I ended up coaching high school football and, uh, at a, at a, you know, a really talented high school in Michigan. We get a, it's a, it's a great spot. We get a lot of great kids, great players, and it's just, a, it's a great place to coach. So I coached there for seven years. We won a couple of state titles and then I had, uh, my two sons. So I took a couple of years off, but I'm, I'm looking forward to going back as, as you know, just as like a volunteer coach, it's going cool, to be man. a lot of fun. That's yeah. cool. Uh, John L. Smith, <laughs> I see you didn't do too well there. Uh, was that, that was, that was, uh, after Saban was there, correct? So when Saban, it went Bobby Williams. And then after Bobby Williams was John L. Smith. And, and John okay. L. Smith was a, uh, he was like a, a conference USA, you know, really kind of outlandish coach, but very, very successful. I just felt he's a really good head coach, but, Big Ten, it was a tough, Michigan State was a tough spot for him, but I'm so always eternally grateful for him because most of the people in the graduate assistant position, either their dad's coach or their former players, and, and he took a shot on me and I'm, I'm always, I'll always be grateful for that. Yeah, it's like a fraternity. I mean, anybody 100%. that gives you a shot or show you some loyalty, you want to show them loyalty back. You don't ever want to say anything bad about them. Oh, um, well, but he's a great guy. You know, it yeah. didn't work out for him, Michigan State, but just a good guy and, and, um, you know, eternally grateful for the opportunity. It, Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know how much you keep up with him, but he's at a smaller school now in Georgia, I believe, or somewhere close to that. Uh, yeah. So he was at uh, Kentucky State, and I okay. think they he got fired. Now, what is alma yeah. mater or something they went to after Arkansas? Maybe he no. So what happened was he went to not BYU, um, uh, Weber State. So yeah, he, that's where it was. Weber. That's what he, I was thinking. Okay. They hired him at Weber State, and then. Arkansas had a bunch of issues. He used to coach at Arkansas, or there was a connection there. So they brought him in as an interim head coach, and he kind of left. He left Weber State like a month after being named the head coach. Okay. And so that kind of, you know, then things didn't work out in Arkansas. Then he got the head job at Kentucky State, and uh, he was let go. And 
in this past December there. Okay. Uh, what about Coach Haynes? Is he still around, or what's what's up with him? Yeah, Coach Haynes, man, that, that's my guy. So he, uh, so he was one of the guys. He wanted me to come to Ohio State with him, and he's like, "Hey, we got a spot for you." And I kind of had to make that decision, and you know, I decided not to. But ironically enough, he got me to the high school I was at. I'm at now, which I'm so great that changed my entire life. But so he went on to be, you know, a D coordinator at Arkansas, and then a head coach at Kent State, and then. So we met at Michigan State. Now he's back at Michigan State, which is amazing That's because cool. now he's he's right there. And I saw him at a game last year, and it's just awesome, man. It's just like it's it's like anything else. The people you connect with, you connect with, and you always want the best for them. And it's even better when you know, you're in the same state. That's cool, man. I- that's a good little, um, I don't know, a, a coaching tree that you're, you're a part of and, and, and always be a well, part of. That's pretty cool. I'll tell you what, like, there's a lot of people on John L. Smith's staff that I coach with that are head coaches now. Like, you just, and there's a couple you could feel. There was the, uh, Coach McElwain. He was a head coach at Florida and he, oh, yeah. uh, he, and then now he's a head coach at Central Michigan. Uh, you know, there's so, Coach Nussmeyer. There are just so many, you know, really, really talented coaches on that staff and, and, um, you know, it was just it was cool to be a part of that, and then to see all these guys. Like, I, I'll give you another. I I interned for the Detroit Lions, and I was an intern next to Adam Gase, who Adam Gase was the uh, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Now he's the head coach of the Jets. I I did a when I was a GA at Michigan State. Uh, Matt Lafleur was came in and worked our camp, so we were pretty tight. We're kind of at the same level. Now he's the head coach of the Packers. So it's just all these people that you know. That stayed in the the business have been successful, and you just you kind of root for those guys a little bit more. That's yeah. cool. You should have stayed with one or two of them and got you a good old paycheck, man. <laughs> that would have been a nice old paycheck, buddy. <laughs> I mean, to be to be a college or NFL head coach, that's it. There is like that's your entire life, and oh, yeah. uh, you you can't have a family really. I mean, you're twenty four seven all the time. You get a couple of weeks here and there, but for the most part, you're recruiting. You're up there. Those kids that are up there are your kids. Um, and so I get it. You not want to go to college if you're wanting to start a family, uh, having two kids of your own, then that's definitely the way to go is a high school route for sure. Yeah, and but I think it's it's all contingent too on on the head coach. You know, there's some head coaches that get it and kind of make the family a part of it, and some are not. But the bottom line is, as an assistant coach, you're not really in control of that. You know, you just kind of got to go where you get a job and. And so it's 100% doable. I think they have a really good culture at Michigan State now. I think anywhere you're a fan of college football and you like kind of looking underneath the hood, if you look at coaching staffs that have been together for a very long time where there's not a lot of turnover, that's usually an indication that the head coach has really created an atmosphere that's super positive for everyone and their families. And, and you know, Coach D'Antonio at Michigan State, like you look at that, I think they may have lost – Three coaches in ten years, which is insane. I don't know insane. how he does it, dude. Yeah. He's getting a bunch of three yeah. stars every year, and he's <laughs> winning games after game after game. It's crazy. And yeah, if you look at Clemson, uh, Clemson's—they've been. I think they're they had one turnover in the last three or four years, something like that. And uh, Venables, I think, is their D coordinator, and he has had so many job offers to be the head yeah. coach places, and he won't go anywhere because he he knows it's a good situation. Why break something? Well, he's up? getting paid. Oh, he's, he's getting, getting paid. Paid. Oh, yeah. He's getting like two point five mil. He, he he's, he's not getting paid, and his job's not on the line. You know. Like, yeah, exactly. And I think the, I think the other cool thing is Dabo does a good job of like elevating where you know he puts him in the spotlight. He gives him some of the shine because I think that's important too. Some guys want that, and and you know like. Most some D coordinators, unless you're a fan of that team, you probably don't know them. But everyone knows Venables because he's kind of in the spotlight, and, right? Yeah. And, and he's I the think, top name every year for 
jobs. Every job, and they come yeah. Up yeah. 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 So it, it, it was a good, I learned so much from that. I, I learned so much football and I learned how to work my face off. And, and I'm, it's, it was such a good experience to, to have that background. So how's how's your team uh, looking this year? The team that you're volunteering with. Well, I'll tell you what. So I'm not I'm not trying to not trying to flex at all. But <laughs> every time I've been, uh, every season I've been there, that I didn't leave for Big Brother or anything, we made the state finals. We didn't always win, but we always made the state finals. This is a really prominent high school that you know. There's a, a my my first biology class that I taught there. There's a kid. He's five six. You know, five six, really, really tough football player, and, and he ends up growing into like the six four, you know, monster. He's an all pro in the NFL. It's just that the, the school attracts a lot of really talented players and a lot of good guys, and and so it's a fun place to coach because it's almost like coaching college because the talent is there's so much talent there, and, it, and it's have, a lot it's of fun. A private school, okay. isn't it? Yeah, it's a private. So, I mean, I guess you kind of get to recruit somewhat. So, I mean, it's kind of it's, a uh, that's that's the misnomer. Yeah, in Michigan, you can't recruit, and we don't recruit. But the the thing is, when you when, no when no no so when you good people want to move into your district. Yeah, I mean, it, no, it, that's that's the, that's yeah. the thing. It's illegal to recruit, but if you want to play ball and you really want to play ball, there's a couple schools you're going to look at, and they don't need to knock on your door. You're right, going to go right. seek them out. Yeah, you know? exactly. There's some you know private schools around here that. Um, like just because, you know, they're either winning state titles or in the state championship every year. And so, you know, people, you know, people take their, drive their kids, you know, an hour or however far, you know, to drop them off at school every day just so they can go to school there. Kind and of have thing. an opportunity to, you know, cause the, every parent thinks that their kid is going to be the <laughs> one, the end, right? And so if the kid is Anywhere average, decent, whatever, and he start he would start for the local school that's a public school that's not that big of a school. Um, then they're gonna they're gonna want to go try to go to this this private school. Um, so we have a few that are in the state that are pretty dominant, not not too crazy, but pretty dominant when it comes to that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's just it's kind of I've seen a lot of states too. I don't know if you've seen this, Dan, but a lot of states are now uh, having their private school have their own conferences and state titles separate from the public schools. Have you seen that? Yeah, so I'm aware that it hasn't happened in Michigan, and I hope it doesn't because I don't in Michigan there's not enough private schools to kind of allow for that to happen. It, and and it's different, and, and and the things are a little bit different in Michigan. They're really, my opinion, I think they're setting the kids behind a little bit in terms of like we don't have spring ball. We there's a lot of things that in Michigan you can't do athletically that they do in Florida or Ohio or Texas. I think over time, I, I'm very certain that over time you'll see the number of legit prospects out of the state of Michigan go down because they're really limiting like contact and things like that. And I think that's a good thing within reason, but it's really it's changed. I've been coaching in high school about 10 years and it's changed so much. And I think there's good things about it and there's bad things, but you know, you still got to teach kids how to hit and tackle and that's the biggest thing to do it. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. I get it. Well, and I think, you know, in the past couple of years, there's been so much stuff with concussion and CTE and all that kind of stuff that I'm sure there's parents that are like, Oh, you know, my kid's a huge kid and would be a good player, but I don't want them to play. Well, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the, the injuries and stuff, I, I feel like every year the kids get faster and stronger. And I, I think in 10, 15, maybe even five years, I, I think at the high school level, we may not even, I mean, even in the NFL, I think 20 years from now, the game's going to be so different just because 
you know, you got to take care of these guys. And that, that it's one thing, you know, you tear an ACL or an arm, but when you deal with head injuries, it's such a, you know, that's life changing. Not that a knee injury isn't, but you know, it, something's going to change. And I think it'll continue to change. And you see it in the NFL a little bit, how they protect the quarterbacks, but what about the linebackers? You know, some, the game's going to continue to change and evolve. And I think it's for the better. Yeah. I don't think there's a perfect uh, way to protect everyone yet. I think they're, you know, a lot of trial and error going on right yeah. now, but we'll, we'll see. Like, I, I don't like some of the stuff, uh, with the receivers and safeties, uh, where they got to let up and they even, you know, there's only certain situations where, um, you know, you not putting your head down, um, is acceptable or not acceptable. And there, there's just some fishy plays and I get it. You got to protect everybody, but there's some plays that the guy wouldn't make it if he wasn't diving head first, hands out, and accidentally make contact with somebody's, you know, side of their face mask. Like, it wasn't intentional. It's kind of kind of one of those things where is it a, is it a personal or is it just an accident kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot of things going on with the with college and the NFL right now with uh, if you're a fan or if you play the game. We all think that it needs to change a little bit for the for the better for the for the actual players, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's getting a little crazy with the uh, quarterbacks and it's getting a little crazy with the safeties and wide receivers right now. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to pretend to have the answers, but I will say a, a really dangerous thing that I've seen is kids get hurt when they're not going a hundred percent. And so, you know, you got a defender and you're like, Hey, you have to let up. It, it puts him in a, in a tough, injury prone position as well. And, right. and so I don't have the answer, but you know, hopefully that things will continue to evolve and change and, and, you know, protect the players. But I think my opinion, and I'll put this on, on ink. I think you will see, I don't know where the, the line is right now, but I think you'll continue to see the NBA dwarf the NFL just because I think you're going to see less and less kids play football. And, and I think the NFL, it's a whole different discussion, but I think the NFL is, is, very protective over the brand mm-hmm. where the NBA gets it. Like when's the last time you've been, you, you know, you scroll on Instagram, you see hundreds and hundreds of NBA cutups and highlights and the NFL is way more protective over that stuff. And I think it hurts them in, in the world that we're in today. I think a lot of parents are uh, now starting to think really heavy about putting their kids in the contact sport, like, football even if you do have the protection with the shoulder pads and and helmets and helmets have come a long way especially in the last i guess 10 years for you you could probably tell that uh alone with your team but um like i think a lot of parents are now switching over to basketball and switching over to sports that concussions aren't as high now because of that kind of stuff and to be honest football is it's a 24 7 sport if you're not in the gym uh lifting or uh, out there on the grind or the practices that take hours upon hours and a lot of dedication and hard work and it's a team sport, a true team sport, then, um, you know, that's that's tough on a kid. It's tough on parents. It's tough on everybody um, when it comes to that. And I think basketball is a little bit easier. You're in the air conditioner. You, you play in these, um, <laughs> you know, not just high school, but you're playing these, um, what is it called? Jesus, the, I lost AAU, the AAU like ball. The, that's yeah. just like everybody's hyped. Everybody's stepdad is now a coach and, and telling everybody that they're going to be the next LeBron James if you be on my team and we'll make this super team and we'll go travel to Florida and stay in a hotel and, and it'll be great and everything's, you know, sunshine and rainbows until I get to high school and I'm not that good as I thought I was. Um, but I, I see a lot of 
players, and you probably you could say the same that in the Pee Wee and uh, also probably in the high school, there's not as many players or good athletes as there used to be 10 or 15 years ago. I, maybe that's just me, but that's what I see so far. Well, I'll tell you this, and this I will you know stand by to the grave. This is both at the collegiate level and at the high school level. The best athletes do not specialize in one sport, which is the inverse of what a lot of parents think. And like, I agree with that. You know, like the best point guard also plays football. The best quarterback also is a point guard for the basketball team or a pitcher because they you develop different skills. You know, as a point guard, you have vision that helps in football. But when I think a lot of things are happening is that you get a kid that specializes only plays basketball or only plays baseball. They miss out on the high school experience and they're they get worn out. They get you know worn out and and tired of the sport and they don't develop external skills that they can transfer from other sports so if you're a kid listening now and you think oh i i need to only play baseball don't and if there's other sports you'd like to play play them it's not going to make the difference you playing aau 24 you know hours a day for every season isn't going to be the difference go play other sports because it's super helpful billy's dad doesn't have any d1 connection (laughs) even though he tells you he does um so like you've been you know you've kind of coached at the I mean, I guess kind of coach at the high school, or I mean, the college level, being around coaches. Like when coaches are recruiting and stuff, do they look at, you know, does this kid play more than one sport? Is that one? It's always like, hey, there's this kid, you know, he's a great running back, and then you have this kid, he's a great running back, and he can play hoop. It's it's almost it's a no brainer. If you got to choose between those two and everything else is equal, you're going with a kid that can play both because he's just a more dynamic athlete, and you know, you know. But there's another whole set of things that come along with that. What kind of teammate was he on the football team? What does his what does his, his high school football coach say about him? What does his head basketball coach say about him? Do those match up? It's just it's it's a lot easier. I don't say a lot easier because I don't I don't know, but you can check a lot more boxes when a kid plays multiple sports than if he just specializes. Right. I agree with that. It's good yeah, stuff. Yeah. All right, so kind of going with that. Um, I've, I've, I've come in some of your streams, you know, here and there or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't catch every one of them, but I have noticed you've been playing, uh, The Sims recently. Is that something you've been getting into? No, so I, I never really I played the, the Sims and, and as a Twitch partner, there's only so much you can say, but I had okay, a sponsored, I a sponsored hour of The Sims okay. and I run with this crew called Team Unity. We've been playing Tuesday nights forever for like two or three years. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, let me just make, it's like your crew, you know, like you got, you guys yeah. got the crew. It's like my crew. So I'm like, Hey, let's make the crew in Sims and, and just enjoy this, this hour and have a lot of fun with it. And you, I mean, you guys know you, you take certain sponsorships and yeah, yeah. you know, it keeps the lights. Okay, I was on. just wondering because I saw you playing the Sims the other day and I was like, man, is he, is he getting in Sims? I actually, <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, on Sims four, I actually did a, of us as a group, the crew. I did a uh, Big Brother <laughs> okay. on, on Sims. He but, trapped us all in one day. room, though, and we all died pretty much. Yeah, like, I was Survivor so, uh, <laughs> slash Big Sounds, Brother. Yeah. That was pretty accurate. But yeah, uh, pretty accurate. <laughs> but, but, but it, it went over really like uh, like people really enjoyed watching it yeah, so it's much. Fun so to today. play. Like I yeah. when I, I think I was like in high school. I don't remember which Sims it was, but like me and some of my friends, like we'd talk about it all the time. Like we just go home and like play Sims, and it, it's like the dumbest game ever. But we like like yeah, I'm gonna go home and, and you know, work on this, <laughs> work on my yeah. house or whatever. Like, like yeah, in high school when everybody else is playing like madden and stuff i mean i played madden and stuff too but like we're talking about sims in class and like what a bunch of nerds (laughs) 
Yeah, I was streaming today, and I always stream this game, Escape from Tarkov. It's a survival yeah. shooter. I've been playing a lot of Mario Maker. And there's a bunch of people in in chat and the community being, hey, are we playing Sims today? I'm like, <laughs> what have I done? But, <laughs> but but there's a part of me, too, where it's like I, I listen to the community a lot. So yeah. it's something that, like, I'm going to sprinkle in. But I, I think that's part of what I've learned, too, is that, you know, you got to find the balance of it. you got to play something you really enjoy. And also, you hope that it aligns with what your community wants to see. And when that lines up, you know, it, that's when I think a lot of special things happen to your channel. Yeah, so are we going to see uh, some uh, 2K20 coming up? You know, it's I'm at the point now where there's so many games that I could get into. But after doing this for seven years, I've really kind of realized i got to pick a lane and stay into it. So, yeah. well, you know, I, I love the NBA games. I love Madden. Yeah, but I there's only so much. A few of them where you're playing yeah. 2K19 and stuff. So yeah, and but there's only so much time. So like to really where uh, the stage where I'm at, and I'm I'm to me I'm doing this long term. I'm not doing this short term. So to grow and to kind of push and go where I want to go, I got to stay in my lane. And, and I'll still sprinkle stuff in from time to time. But I really try to. I found out what's worked for me is I focus on one game or two max, and then just kind of. You know, play those. Sprinkle something else in every once in a while. Just yeah, kind of... that's 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 right what I found that, works man. for me. I think you're so right on that. I've been like, kind of like you a little bit, where I you were talking earlier about this and kind of struck a chord with me, and um, I'm in the same thing where I have played so many different games and I've been successful on some games and some games it is, I have gotten no good feed, not really not. I shouldn't say no good feedback, but not as much as other games. So I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm like, do I just need to stay in my lane? Do I need to pick one or two games? And I see these other uh, Twitch streamers, they're sticking with one game. Let's just take DVD, for example, Dead by Daylight. Um, their communities in Dead by Daylight, it's a game that's been out for years, and a lot of people just strictly watch that game, and they want to watch only that game. And so they'll hop around to only the people that watch DVD and support them and, and be a good community with that. And I did that for about six months and it, it worked out really, really well. And then I got away from it. I was like, I want to go play this game. I used to play DayZ all the time. I used to play so and such and such such and Fortnite, blah, 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 blah. And it just, it's not the same. Some people only come to your stream to watch one thing. And I think it, it works out better if you stay in your lane and have those one or two instead of, dipping in every other one and, and i say that in the last three streams i've done i played like six different games so I, i'm not <laughs> going by my own word but i think you're right with that i think if you stay in your lane and do the one or two you should be uh i think that's where you see the most growth anyways i don't know Maybe yeah yeah no and I, and I feel it's different for everyone but for the most part like my concern is like i, I want to focus on two games because you don't want to essentially it's your ride on one because anything could happen in that one game. But I, but I think kind of what you said is like, you'll, you'll, people will come in and watch you play Dead by Daylight or they used to and say like, I don't know, say 500 people come in just to watch you play it. There's a large percentage of chance that some of those people are going to stick around for whatever the next game is, but they may have just found you because you've been playing Dead by Daylight. And I, I feel like the people that are kind of in it for the long term, you know, and, and are cool with that. We'll, we'll continue to see growth. I, I still think we're, we're in, I wouldn't call it the gold rush era, but I, I still think we're really early in, in the content creation game. And I, I think really, I think we're all very lucky to kind of be in this era where you can do and play whatever you want. And if you're smart about it, you can make a living and grow a business out of doing it. Yeah. 
We uh we got into I we always say we got into it too dang early cuz the money now is ridiculous <laughs> compared to what it was back then. So we grew a lot in 2013, 2014. That's where we hit our peak. We were playing GTA 5 at the time where we had our biggest growth and uh all of us were gaining thousands of subs a day on YouTube and that was kind of I mean at the time I I'm and a little bit before that, probably around, uh, probably the time you started Twitch, it was Justin.tv. And so yeah. I was not messing with that at all. I had some friends, Gold Glove and some other friends that just started it and were doing it. And I was like, why aren't you doing this? It makes no dang sense. Why are you on the streaming platform? And they're like, it's just a different way. And it's really cool that you get to interact with people live. But anyways, get to the story. We think that we peaked too early because the biggest amount of money that you can make on a uh, video, because we had to get our, we got our partnerships through Machinima, which was a gaming company that, um, you had to go through them to get a partnership through YouTube. And that's how YouTube was doing it. They were giving these companies partnership, um, I don't know, abilities and you had to go through them. So we all got our partnership through them for YouTube. To make money. And so having a banner back in the day was the best thing in the world. If you had a banner, you were like legit. Um, and then making money on the video, the two CPM was the highest you can make because these companies could throttle you on how much you can make. Now, ads have come a long way since then. But if you look on well, any of your videos. And there was no mobile ads at that yeah, time. Yeah, mobile so was mobile not a thing. Mobile views were just, you, yeah. got, you made nothing off of those. So if you had a two CPM, you were balling because that was the highest you could have at the time. And a lot of these companies were trying to give you lower than that and then take a percentage of that. And it was it was a mess, basically. But anyways, um, we had that two CPM at the time. We thought we were in the money. We were killing it. And we were doing really well view-wise and subscriber-wise, and everything was going great merch-wise. And then we, as things go on, we see how much these content uh, creators are making now. And uh, on these simple videos, the 100K views back then and 100K views now are so much different. It's like almost 10 times as much, in some instances, depending on what kind of content you're making, than what we were making. We were making Call of Duty content. Now we have people that are doing vlogs and get 100K and getting to keep like the best of the best when it comes to the ad space. I mean, they're getting 15, 20, 30 CPMs on stuff, and it's like, holy crap, that's that's nuts to me. I I have no clue what I would even do with all that money. So it's uh it's crazy now because we think we peaked too early for sure. Ah uh, no, there's dude, there's so much time. But for me, I, you know, I feel very fortunate is that. I never approached it looking at as money. You know, it's easy to say when, you know, you win a reality TV show and, you know, when you're mid-20s. But that's how I feel like I've been able to do this so long is that I've never really done it trying to, like, hack it or anything for money. And I'm not saying you guys did that. But so I've been able to just kind of focus on making the best show possible, making the best videos possible that I can and not worrying about, you know, subscribers and things like that. And And I feel like, for me, that's worked out because I think it kind of it becomes pretty transparent. And, and I think it's tough because you see people that really want to succeed on YouTube and Twitch and they put all their eggs in that basket. And I'm not saying that it won't work out for them, but you, some people put themselves in a position where they have to make X amount from YouTube. And if they don't, you know, they can't turn the, keep the lights on or whatever. And, and so I think that that pushes people to take shortcuts. And, and I think if you're trying to do this long term, you know, you don't want to take any shortcuts, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you talk about these CPMs and stuff like that. I couldn't even tell you what my CPMs are, you know, not cause I don't care. I just, you know, I just, 
Like, I don't know. It's a lot to mess with. Okay. It's a yeah. lot to mess with. And when we first started, there was no money whatsoever. We, we were, I don't want to, I don't want to tutor on horn or, or say something that's incorrect all the way, but we were the first group of like a group that we got called the crew because that's what we were. We were the group of friends that started uploading and playing together and all that stuff. We were a group of friends that came together. Then the partnerships happened. And then when the partnerships happened, all these individual YouTubers started to say, Hey, if we get together and we share content and we start, you know, helping each other out, then we can make this another group. And so all these little groups started spawning all over the place. And now it's, it's ridiculous to see what people come up with now. And I think like we thought we did things really well back in the day and we did, but people behind us did it so much better. I would hate to see in 10 to 15 years the content that's being made because it's going to be ridiculous the amount yeah, of it's editing. Going to be like movie quality. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it's getting crazy. Like I used to record stuff on an HD PVR and before that a dazzle. If you know what a dazzle is, that thing is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> but at the time, I thought I was the shit. I thought I was making movie type quality. And then when we got to HD PVR and we were actually uploading stuff to 720p, I was like, dude, there's not, it's not getting better. It's like when you're a kid and you're playing Mario and you're like, the graphics aren't getting better than this. And now yeah, you see no these way. games now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, I mean, I would just, in 10 to 15 years, I don't even want to know what the, what's going to be out there. And YouTube's going to change so much. Twitch is going to change so much. There's going to be another uh, competitor to Twitch, probably another competitor to YouTube, I would think, in the next 10, 15 years. Because look at all these other companies that have con kind of like come up and then disappeared, like Vine. We've had uh, some other ones that have come in and and did a really good job all and like they lost merged months. together. Yeah, like they, you know, yeah, like so, something becomes popular and something else is popular, and then they just buy each other and become something else popular, I guess. Yeah, it's a little crazy now, but I, I'm wanting to see. I'm really excited about what's in the future, and you're you're right. I think with your first sentence you said there, Dan, was like. There's still time. There's nothing but time. We all got time. Um, so we'll, we'll see. And the, uh, it seems like the older generation is now jumping into, uh, the platforms too with Twitch and, and YouTube and, and finding a space for themselves. Like if you would have told me 10 years ago that ASMR was going to be a thing, I would have, I would have laughed at you and probably punched you in the face. Like you're an idiot. Um, now that's all that people watch. People watch ASMR 24 seven. Those are some of the highest rated videos on YouTube's platform. So I don't know, man, it's, it's just changed a lot in the last 10 years. And you could probably say so yourself since you've been around that long. Yeah, I just feel like things will always change and those that are able to adapt and, and kind of like for me, like my, my content has changed so much. I'm sure the same for you guys over the past seven years. And I just now just kind of feel like I'm just kind of starting to get it, you know, and, and, and to me, it's, it's, it's encouraging because if you're doing something for seven years, you would hope you, you want to get better. And, and I feel like my content's gotten better. I have a better understanding of the audience and what they want to see and, and, like I said, I'm in it for the long, long haul. So this is something I, I enjoy doing. I would do it regardless. You know, I probably wouldn't do it as much, you know, given the fact that, uh, you know, I have a family and, and stuff like that if it didn't pay, but I would still do it. I just enjoy it. And that sounds cliche, but there's just, I mean, you guys know there's something to it when you put out a video or a live stream and, you know, even say for a video and you're like, oh, this is going to be a good video. And then you see it and people enjoy it. You like reading the comments. It's, it's like, it's such a, positive feedback loop yeah it's, a, it's and, almost uh, like a rush it's almost like um i don't know you feel like you're worth it you feel there's there's a lot of emotions that go into it but you're right there's 
there's something there when you put up a video and and people like it. It, it encourages you to make more. It gets you kind of hype about your what you're going. Your whole mood changes. It's just a I don't know. It's a cool little feeling that you get all the time. And sometimes you can kind of take it for granted if things are going really, really well. And I've been in that space. <laughs> and it's just you kind of take it for granted. But when you're on the grind and things are a little bit tougher and you get that positive feedback, it just keeps you going at the end of the day. But I get what you're saying. I think we would all be the same way. I don't think we would play as much together. But we started this thing together just playing as friends and continue to play as friends. And we kind of talked to each other to get on YouTube in the first place. I talked to you 20 on getting into YouTube and sidearms and some of the guys that we have in our crew. Uh, when me and Speedy met each other, we were like the only guys that did comedy with, uh, call it like playing games like that we knew of on YouTube. Like that was me and him, like the end. And so we shared that link together and we kind of sprouted the other guys around. And that, that was kind of how we got started in the first place. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, um, Making content is it's just a cool thing, and I think I would still be doing it even if it wasn't uh, being paid for it or anything. 100%. Yeah. All right, we're going to get into our uh, game section of the uh, uh, where we just kind of do some little questions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so the first one we do is called What Are You Digging? And I'm just going to give you something, and you just kind of whatever uh, pops in your mind or whatever you're into right now. So the very first one is, what food can you not get enough of right now? <laughs> food? Uh, I'm a big – so I don't know if you – do you guys have Kroger uh, yeah, out east? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so Kroger's organic brand macaroni and cheese is really good. It's like it's like a throwback good. How many calories is it? I, I'm on a I diet, can't, though, by the way. <laughs> uh, I can't even tell you. I don't think it's that much. It's It's not bad. Okay, okay, okay. But I have no idea. So are you, are you kind of like a, a health nut? I mean, or do you just kind of eat whatever? No, I like during the week. Uh, so I work out five days a week. So I during the week, I try to eat pretty well, meaning like no fast food. And, you know, and then the weekends, I just kind of turn it loose a little bit. Like if I want to eat something, I'll eat something on the weekends. But during the week, I'm, I'm pretty dialed in. It's National uh, Wing Day, by the way. Did you have some wings today? I did not. Uh, I did not. I'm, I'm actually not a huge like i'll eat wings but kind of a lot of work they are a lot of work. Thing. yeah, yeah. Lot and then boneless wings aren't really wings right, you know it's nugget, giant chicken nugget, nugget. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we get it we get it <laughs> all right so our next one uh what youtube channels are you watching right now um i don't really watch so that, that's the thing i don't watch my and this is what people ask me like hey what do you think of the season of big brother my free time and my time I can either work on my stuff, like YouTube and Twitch, or I can watch stuff. And I just, I'm trying to think, let me tell you, the last video I watched was, I watched a 90-second clip of Jamie Foxx talking about working with Quentin Tarantino. So I don't really watch any, I don't watch any YouTube content. I don't blame you, man. I feel, I get you. And if I were you, I'd probably never watch Big Brother again. I I just, it's just (laughs) weird like that. I don't go back and watch my own content. I don't watch my friend's content a lot of times because I'm there. And so it makes no sense for, I I don't know. If I were you, I'd just probably be dumb because everybody wants to talk about Big Brother 24-7 anyways. No, well, I love Big Brother, but, and, and I watched a couple seasons after mine. It's just, such a big time commitment. Big Brother's on three nights a week. Yeah. There's a live. It's Back just it's, dark, it's blah, 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 yeah, 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 it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot to watch. And and if you miss one, you kind of fall out. So I love the show. And I 
what I do is I follow it through Twitter. That that's how I yeah, can kind of keep it. Yeah, I've kind of quit watching the last couple of seasons. Like I just haven't been as much into it. I I um like I didn't watch it. Like I watched a couple of times, like when it was first new, and then mm-hmm. I didn't watch it for a while. And then I think I started watching it maybe the season before your second season. So like the thirteenth season, I guess. Were you on yeah. the fourteenth? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember I did watch the season that you were on as the coach and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I didn't see your first season, so everybody was talking about like, you know, all of the different coaches that were on there. And I mean, I kind of knew y'all, but I didn't really know. But I mean, I I really did enjoy that season. I thought that was a good season. Um, obviously you, you could probably see it going a little bit better since you got <laughs> second, but uh, but uh, no. And then uh, I think was. Uh, was that after you met Speedy when you went back on it, or was that before? So I met Speedy in 2012, so that would have been... Okay, that's early. Yeah, so 2012 would have been... I think that would have been after the second time I was on. Okay. That's when I met Speedy. Yeah, because I, I remember like when Speedy was like, hey, you know, I met Dan, because me and him had talked about it. We just made jokes about it, and you know, Big Brother yeah. stuff or whatever. You know, Zingbot and you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but... uh. So, like, he was telling me about it, and, of course, I was, like, fangirl, and I was like, oh, my God, you met Dan. <laughs> Yo, I, I don't care about anybody else that he, that so he tw- talked about. So I started YouTube in 2012. My first ever collaboration was in 2014 with Speedy, uh, Hova, and Sidearms. We played this game called Bro Force. It's, like, great. That's the only thing I've, I think I've ever done with Speedy. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you might have got on and just played another night, like, maybe not. Yeah, I With think they got, talked about yeah. it. Yeah, I think they talked like Saad yeah, and him. That, yeah, they'll bring you up like once something. a year to like what's 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 Dan Gusek doing or or something <laughs> like that. They're, they'll always talk about you some way in some form or whatever. But I think y'all got on one time and played together just to play because I I remember that night I think and we were because we don't usually play with a lot of different people. Um, yeah, uh, just because we don't have time most of the time and plus. You know, you know how content is this day, these days. It's kind of weird, but um, yeah. But yeah, I think I thought y'all played one more time together because we we didn't have anybody to play with that night. And we're like, eh, we'll just go to bed then or whatever. But anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, rem- I don't remember. Yeah. All right, we'll get on to get on to the yeah. next one on the what are you digging? Um, what is your go to game right now? I know you play a lot of Escape uh, from Targov, but what's your uh, yeah, right Escape now. from Tarkov and Mario Maker 2. Escape from Tarkov is really, I really, really like it. It's the only game, so I grew up playing a ton of games, and there's this game I played back in the day, in like the mid-90s, it was online, it was called Ultima Online, and, and without, you know, I'll, I'll give you the short of it. So you'd, you'd, it was like the first MMO, and before they kind of updated it, and I don't want to call it ruined it, but really changed it, it was like you'd have your guys, so imagine playing uh, World of Warcraft, and then you'd leave the city, and you get if you got killed, you would lose all your stuff, and whoever killed you would get to keep it. It's, like, permanent. Yeah. And there really hasn't been a game like that, like Ultima Online, that did that with gear. I know people are going to say RuneScape. but I was you know, going to say RuneScape because yeah. I played RuneScape. <laughs> yeah. But Tarkov, Escape from Tarkov is the first game that does that So since then. So every time you play it, there's, like, this sense of, of fear and consequence where it's, like, yeah. You know, you could be one bullet away from losing like a million dollars worth of gear. And on the flip side, you can take someone down and you get to keep their stuff. It's a really like, it creates an emotional experience. Almost like, it's like a DayZ, I guess it you could say, but, yeah. Yeah. but, but it's a little bit more, I mean, it's a tighter gameplay. It's, it's a little more, a lot more time on your, um, 
your gear too with Daisy. Um, you're picking up stuff. You're killing a couple people. Things are ruined yeah. and stuff. And, and it, it, you do you are you're emotionally attached to your character. And when you die, you're super pissed and you do not want to you know spawn again. Um, but yeah, I get I can I can see where that's a little bit more invested. Yeah, so so that's been good in Mario Maker Two. I've really been enjoying it, and it's been it's been cool because I really genuinely love those games, and it's cool because the community also really enjoys watching. Because there's games that I'm sure you guys know. There's games that you love, and oh, it's yeah. like, hey, they don't want to watch it, so yeah, I feel like you don't play it. Worse than when Rust you like for me. you find a game and you're like, yeah. oh, I love this game so much, but like nobody wants to <laughs> nobody yeah. wants to watch it. So you're like, oh, do I waste you know six hours of this day playing the game that <laughs> I want to play and get no content or you know. Yeah, I'm into Rainbow Six right now, Dan, and I I'm posting on my channel, and I don't care if no one watches it at all because I enjoy it. So that's that's <laughs> good for you. I, yeah, and I think that's important to do because I think regardless, that will shine through in your content. If you really love something, it's going to come through, and I think it's going to be good content. It may not have the numbers or whatever you're looking for, but there's going to be people that enjoy that. And, and I have a series going on like that. I post one video a week. It's MLB the Show. And I enjoy playing it, and there's like a smaller group that enjoy watching it. And it's kind of like you keep it going because it's fun, but you know you may not make it your steady diet. Yeah, per se. I get it. I, right, I saw so some last... clips of that game, oh, by the way, before you get in there, because it's it's pretty cool. Because I've seen Gogla play that a lot. He plays that quite a bit, and and that's the only game I'll watch him play that much because he's been playing it for years and years and years. But uh, I, I I really like that game. It's it's got some cool features to it. Dude, dude, I will. I'm not an MLB guy at all. I'll go to one baseball game a year, one Tigers game, and I'll maybe watch two innings. But this game, as a, they they take the best parts of baseball hitting, and when the ball gets hit to you, and that's all it is. So there's no like oh waiting around. It's just they really condense it down to make the game a really fun experience to play because you only play when you're involved in the play. Everything else is kind of simulated. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. All right, our last one for what are you digging is uh, what is your favorite thing as a dad? Ooh. Ooh. What's one of your I, favorite things? Well, that, like yeah. you just, like, how, how old are you? You have two boys, right? Yeah, so I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I think the, the best thing outside of, like, some of the cliche stuff is that it really – gives me an excuse to act like a kid again like play oh, with yeah. boys and play with yeah. them and it's i mean there's so much so much depth to it and it, i can't really give it to you in one answer but it's a it's a total amplifier of life i think that's the best way to put it is that you know for me in, in my experience having two boys which is like hitting the jackpot not you know not that not that i you know of course i want to slams back to back <laughs> carrying that not name that, baby <laughs> not that I, of course i'd love to have a daughter too but you know it just to it's just a life amplifier like you enjoy everything so much more life takes on a different meaning and and uh i have no other way to say it than it just amplifies life and you know in every way it makes things tough but also more worthwhile and and but you you adapt and you change but i you know i'm it's, it's my favorite thing in my life is that i get to be a dad that's awesome yeah what's your uh what's your biggest challenge as a dad <laughs> i'd say honestly like giving you the the real stuff is that balancing like i'm a workaholic like and you know any chance i get to work or you know i just love it i enjoy what i do both online and i have a business offline i love it and so it's really kind of balancing that with being around and you know i'm fortunate i kind of can have some freedom to do that but you know there's there's an element of uh, that i deal with is element of guilt where it's like hey i'm I'm working a lot. Am I missing anything? 
And then if I feel like that, then I'll adjust my schedule and I'll spend more time at home. But I'd say that's a big thing is just finding, you know, internally the balance of, hey, am I spending the time where I need to? Yeah. All right. So our next game that we're going to play is called Higher or Lower. And uh, so you may know the answer to some of these questions because I've based them completely on Big Brother. Oh, and, God. And uh, on you. So the way, it, the way it works, I'll ask a question, and Deluxe 4 is going to give me an answer. Okay. And he knows nothing about Big Brother, so he may be way off or he may be pretty Sorry, close. Man. Who I knows? I don't watch Big Brother. Hey, it's, so, it's all good, man. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'm going to give a question, and then he's going to answer it to the best of his ability, and you're going to tell me whether you think that answer is higher or lower. Okay, like the actual answer, yeah. like the real yeah, answer. Yeah, okay, yeah, like what the real answer is. So okay. some of these, like I said, you may know the answer to because I just pulled them off of Big Brother's Wikipedia and their questions kind of based on your gameplay. And so it may you may know it, you may not. So all right, the very first one, so D4 is going to answer first, and then you'll tell me what you think of that. All right, the number of days that Dan was in the Big Brother house. He was on for two seasons, so... What is the number of days he was actually you in the house? You looked this up? What are yeah. you, dude? All right. Um, number of days. I'm going to say 100. I'm going to say 100. Okay, 100? I'm going to say higher, but I don't know the exact number. Okay, oh. it is higher. It was 146. Okay, okay. So, and I, I mean, mean, you say okay, like, dude, that's half a year with no TV, oh, no I internet, no family locked into a room. Like, that's yeah. not okay. You it's got not compensated, normal. though, my man. You got compensated, all right? <laughs> you did well both times. It's not like you, you, know, yeah. you weren't first to go home or anything like that. How did Which, you I'll get, be okay, honest, you're, Can I yeah, ask this before everything else? How did you get on the show real quick? You don't have to, like... Give me a hundred no, hours. Yeah, how's, I, the, how's the interview I, I, I send in a video. Then if they like you, you go to an in-person interview like in your region. If they like you there, they fly you out to L.A. You're in a hotel for a week. You do a bunch of interviews there. If they like you, then maybe you're on the show. Oh, wow. Like, much, what yeah. was your in your first initial video? What would you say? Hi, I'm Dan. I'm, I like football. and uh, I love football. <laughs> yeah, I'd leverage the heck out of like I would do stuff. From 16 to age 21, I, and even beyond, I would do stuff just so I could talk about it in my video. So I, I ran a marathon untrained in a week's notice just so – not because I wanted to, just because right. I knew I could talk about it in casting. Dude, so I really so spent smart. like – Because yeah. Yeah, well, otherwise, thing, like – But he's like, <laughs> I got to finish. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, I, you know, just that kind of stuff. And you, you, you try to like – I would just read what – I was saying something the producers were interested in. I would kind of elaborate on that. It's just – just a cat and mouse game, really. You're smart, dude. I like it. I, well, I don't. You know, we all have different talents. I, I don't think I, intellectually. I think I'm of average, but I think socially, you know, I'm just able to do that. I don't. It is what it is. I just I, to me, I always listen ten times more than I talk. So it's just it's a little bit easier to read people that way. I have okay, noticed I, that in okay. this podcast that you've listened a lot and let me finish both sentences and then start. A lot of people will kind of chime in in the middle, but you you listen. I like it, Dan. Good job. Dude, I drove into the office today to record this, and I'm like, today I'm going to turn it loose. I'm not going to ask any questions. So this is like Dan Light. Normally I'll be lobbing them at you left and right, but, <laughs> no, but I said, you know what? They asked me to come to their podcast, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it back. Oh, I like it, man. Yeah, <clears throat> nice. All right, so our, we'll go on to our next one. So the next one. Um, so D4, there's two basic kind of, uh, competitions that they have. There's head of household competitions okay. and power of veto competitions. Okay. Um, how many total of those two has Dan competed in? Competed in? Yeah. I'm going to say. So well, I'll give you a quick yeah. rundown. So if you are, if you're already like head of household is kind of the main person that right. puts people up to be, 
you know, eliminated or whatever. Correct. But if you're head of household, the next week you cannot play in it. So you can't be back to back for it. Uh, and then power of veto, you get, like, if you're on the block or if your name's drawn, is that right, Dan? Like, kind of like Survivor a little bit. Drawn. I watch Survivor. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Get, okay. You get it that way. Um, so. I'm gonna say Dan was very liked because uh, he said that too, and I think uh, I think the twenty and I talked about this, but uh, I'm gonna say twenty. I'm just just throw that out there, twenty. Twenty. Okay. Oof. I, I. You know what? I, this is a question I've never been asked. I don't know the answer to. However, I'm gonna say two seasons. How many I competed in? Yes. Twelve, fourteen weeks a season. I'm gonna say more, but not by much more. Okay. It was more. It was thirty. Okay. okay. So it was, okay. Pre- it was pretty good, close there. Okay. It's pretty good. Uh, all right. So our next one, um, as of for the 2018 season, so last season, mm-hmm. how much a week do the contestants get paid while they're on Big Brother? A More week? than I got paid. I want to say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> never mind. Okay. All right. Okay, uh, yeah. You want to get Julie Chen on the phone? All right. I think. <laughs> I think our boy Dan got paid a thousand. Well, this per isn't week. for this isn't for Dan. This is know, what last season. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to say Dan got paid a thousand a week and I'm going to say they get paid 3000 a week. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of money. I know, but I'm low, lower, 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 low, way lower, way lower. $750. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Closer than what Dan, well, I thought Dan was like, all right, cool. (laughs) Dang. Wow. Dude, they don't pay y'all crap. No, they don't have to. Do you remember how, how much did you get paid? Uh, that amount, seven fifty. I thought they got paid a little more, but no, seven fifty. Wow. Um, let's see. All right, the next one. Uh, not I think not Dan... the second time though. I negotiated it up front. My man, my man, my man. <laughs> All right. You're, well, you didn't. You're a big you deal. weren't there. Yeah, you. Uh, when you did the coaching, didn't y'all come in like after it already started? Yeah, but just to step foot in, I'm like, you know, they're like, hey, we want to pay you this. I'm like, eh, how about this? They're like, yeah, okay. Hey, did you yeah. get any, okay, so yeah, you got money, but did you like a trophy or a medal or anything cool to like have in your house? Yeah, so uh, when I won, I have the big check. Yeah. And they gave me, they gave me a bunch of stuff, but I have like the key and, you know, oh, some stuff cool. like that. That's cool. That's yeah. Cool. What do you get when you're runner up? Did they, did you get a <laughs> Nothing. check? I think I no, I didn't get a. I got a. I got a copy. I got a copy of the DVDs and My you know man. some yeah. some okay. some props or something. <laughs> That's All right. cool. <laughs> All right, so I think Dan might know the answer on this one, but um, this one is how old was the oldest contestant ever on Big Brother for the U.S. version of okay. Big Brother? I'm gonna Kay. say seventy. Okay. Older. Older is correct. It was seventy eight. Uh, it was seventy five. It was Jerry. Oh, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The uh, guy on Big you're Brother. Close. You're close. Close. All right. Uh, the I next one. Do what? I said, did he die on Big Brother or no? No, he's oh, been, he's he, fell into, he fell into a pool though. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> he fell into a pool. He almost drowned. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. So the next one. Uh, season ten was the shortest season. The season that you won was the shortest season ever. Oh wow. Thank God. Um, Dan dominated, huh? <laughs> thank God. <laughs> um, where is that? Okay. Uh, how many days did it last? Uh, he said 14 weeks. I think he said I'm probably not a very good listener. So, <laughs> um, I'm gonna say how many days you said? Yeah. How I'm many days? It was the shortest days. season. 85 days. 85 days. Yeah. Plus. Less is correct. It was yeah. 71. 71. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, damn, okay. why you, Okay, whatever. 
I mean, it's like asking me how many, you know. Dude, he knows, he knows everything. How many three-pointers did I make in game seven, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's There's like. There's nothing else to think about when you're locked in there. That's funny. Yeah, and, yeah, that's true. Like, what, what do you do to, pat, like, I mean, I know they're, like, recording you at all times, but, like, what was, like, your go-to thing to just kind of, like, zone out and, like, just pass the time? That's what I, that, that's why was, the game's so taxing for me. I don't zone out. I, I zone in. Like, I will, I will just, just and no one, people ramble on about their no, cats or something. And you're I just, I, like, just, oh, I hammer people, I hammer people with questions so I get to know them and develop relationships so that when that off chance that something bounces your way and you get in trouble, that, you know, so I would do nothing but ask people questions and get to know people 24 hours a day. It's really, I mean, it takes a lot of energy, like a ton of energy to be able to do that. Cause at some point, like people, you know, people don't do that. They check out, they get in fights and but I would just, Anyone there, I would just grind out and get to know them. Speaking yeah. of getting in fights, uh, wasn't, isn't there a guy that was on one of your seasons that's like a professional wrestler? Yeah, yeah, Jesse, you know, yeah, he's, uh, is he still doing that? I, yeah, I, mean, I think he's, he was in like couple, not WWE, but kind of like a couple like of the, the step, yeah, that like kind that. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, so the next one, um, the season finale of season 10, which is when you won, how many viewers were estimated? Uh, I'm not okay. good with TV viewers. I'm going to say uh, 2 million. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know it's more than that. I know it's more than that. Is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, hold, is um, it? <laughs> yeah. What's your know. guess, Dan? What would you I guess? would guess somewhere around between 6 and 7. Oh, is it actually seventeen point six two million for the finale? For the finale, yeah. Wow, no but way. Was, Where are you getting these numbers from? Wikipedia. There's, it can't be wrong. Um, <laughs> that's like that's like uh, Super, Super Bowl is like fifty million, I think. Well, I think it said that it was like season ten was one of the lower viewed seasons. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, just get it over with. It was the shortest season. They're like, nobody's watching. Let's get Dude, it over your, your numbers Dan's are off. Good. The numbers, the season finale had a total of 7.63 million viewers. 17 oh, million is like one. NBA maybe finals numbers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe well, it was just. Well, Dan six. got it then. It was close. Yeah, yeah. okay, we'll give it to him. <laughs> See, I, I have no clue about TV ratings. When they talk about this stuff, I'm like, well, PewDiePie got more than that, like, in his last video. Like, <laughs> well, that, well, that's a, that's the thing, man. Like, people don't, like, these companies do not, they're slowly coming, but they don't realize, like, a video from PewDiePie is, can be more than the Super Bowl. Right. You know, the expo, it's, it's crazy, but the business is, like, lagging behind, like, marketing lags behind the actual media, which, you know, makes room for, Guys like well, you and I, to, you know. Yeah, and I feel yeah, like yeah. that's why, like you were talking about, like how, you know, YouTube is just growing exponentially, is because companies are finally seeing, like, hey, like kids don't watch TV anymore; they watch YouTube. Like that's where we need to be spending our, you know, budget. And there's we like a fraction and fraction of fraction of companies that get it. You know, like yeah. they don't like, you know, doc, I'm uh, pull up Doctor Disrespect, like. He's got a couple really big companies, but you just don't see that on Twitch. You don't see, like, he's got Gillette, you know, that's a pretty big company that sponsors him. There's, you don't, you should see that all throughout Twitch. And, and I think you're going to see more and more of it. You know, like, even Ninja, the, the biggest, you know, one of the biggest on the platform, 
like you should have Nike. You should have like big sponsors because they're going to get return on yeah, that I'm money. And you Nike don't see Adidas it. hasn't picked him up yet. That's kind of crazy to me. So I mean, someone yeah, like it, it'll happen. He's coming out. It'll, yeah, he it'll happen so though. Much money, it, though. It, it's going to happen. It, it's going to happen. It's just a matter yeah, I mean, of he's he's doing like Samsung. But I mean, I feel like Samsung and some of those like tech companies like they, they get, get it. it. Like yeah. you know yeah. they've been in it for a while. Like that. Like LG, Samsung, um, like all the gaming kind of stuff like Corsair and, you know, Razor and all that stuff. Like, they understand yeah. it because they're in the space. But like you said, like Gillette and some of these other places, like, I mean, if you think about it, like some of the people that are, you know, sponsors for videos and pocket, like Squarespace or somebody like that, like they, you know, like nobody would probably know what Squarespace is if they didn't, if they weren't on, like, every podcast and every, you know, YouTube sponsorship. You know what I mean? Like, it's they've made a name for themselves because they understand where they need to spend their money. Right, not only that, but they're they're 10x, you know, 100xing their money because they're so early. You know, they've been so right. early. So like 20 years from now, you know, a, a ad read on your podcast is going to cost 20 times more than it does now. Just you know, it's just it's just crazy, man. Like uh, there's just so much opportunity, which is why all everything that we do is so exciting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Maybe not. It's not going to cost 20x, but it's just it's going to be a lot more expensive than it is now because once you know the Coca Colas and and the big players get in it's going to drive the price up you know right. yeah and by the way we're looking for sponsorship so if someone's listening <laughs> by the way, this by the way. You, yeah we'll give you a uh in 10 years we'll keep the uh we'll give you <laughs> the 20 rate. 20 times Dude, the rate I, honestly like for if you if you dialed in on your demographics not saying that you're not if you guys made sales calls you would get a sponsor for the podcast 100 yeah. uh, percent. you know it's just it depends if you want to have someone else do that for you or if you want to do it yeah, we've kind of just like started like going into it because we've kind of talked about like, should we do it? Should we not do it? And like, we've kind of just like, yeah, let's, you know, reach out. So we've kind of, we're kind of in the beginning stages of, of doing that kind of stuff. But yeah. And like, I mean, we're new to it. It's all a new space. Like, even when we did the crew, uh, podcast thing, like it was just on YouTube. Like we didn't put it on like Apple podcasts and yeah, all that kind I, of stuff, which I we probably should have. Yeah. I can be bothered. But, uh, I was like, Meh, whatever. Yeah, so now we're doing, you know, across like every platform pretty much and just trying to like push it out there everything we can. But anyway, yeah. let me let's get into our last higher or lower. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, so the very last one is number of total episodes uh between the two seasons that Dan was on like how many episodes on TV was he on? Um between both of them? Between the two seasons. Okay, so when's the episode once a week? Uh, Did I get that? Three times. No, Tom. Yeah, ah, I, I told you okay. that during the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you weren't listening. My bad, my bad. He's not going to make it to the final. I'll, I'll, then I'll make it even. Him. Let's go 60. He's in 60 because you say he came in half of one and he was on one. He's on 60. Well, hold on. Before we do this, Dan, I'm going to invite you into another call real quick, and we're going to start our own secret alliance so he doesn't know about it, and we're going to vote <laughs> him off next. <laughs> no, but okay, so 60. 60. That's, that's a fair guess. Yeah. All right, Dan? That's really close because it's right there, plus or minus two. I just don't know if it's plus or minus. Um, if you count episodes that I was a guest on that came back, it's more. If you count less, it's gonna be real close, if not the number. Okay. Well, I just I think I'm gonna the, say more. I'm gonna say more. Okay. I counted just the one from your two seasons, so the ones you came back is like less know, than less. Okay. Less. All right. And the answer is. Fifty nine. So yeah. that's pretty good. That's a pretty good guess. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. good guess about you for. So yeah, okay, okay. Can't 
can't fault him for that. All right, that's going to do it for our, our game stuff. So we're just going to kind of have a wrap-up kind of section here, and pretty much you can you can kind of plug whatever your uh, your stream schedule or, um, you know, just kind of... Your Twitter, any your anything. Your, yeah, anything you yeah, want. Yeah, anything that you're wanting to plug right now, it's kind of... It, the floor is yours, so... Yeah, so you can find me everywhere, and and I'm very diligent about snatching my name because I try to be early on every platform. So it's just Dan Geesling, D A N. G H double E S L I N G on Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. My, my main focus is I put up two new videos every day on youtube.com slash Dan Giesling and I produce a show three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash Dan Giesling. And there I focus on making a show that's, that's focused on clean, positive entertainment. And I treat it like a show. I kind of use my background, you know, from CBS and being on, on TV. And I, I, I don't just turn on the stream and just stream for hours on end. I, I have a show, there's segments, there's a beginning, middle and end. And uh, I, I try to make it, you know, the goal of the show is to either make you smile or laugh or forget about everything that's going on. And, and uh, I'm pretty, pretty diligent about making sure the community is that way as well. As well. There's no really negativity. It, it's just focused on clean, positive entertainment. You could watch with your grandma in the room, your little cousin, whatever. And uh, I just have a lot of fun with it. And the com- Community's super dialed in, super supportive. And uh, so I'd say Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at twitch.tv slash Dan Geesling at 12 p.m. Eastern. And then I have a podcast at uh, the Dan Geesling Podcast. I I do something similar. I interview friends in the gaming space. Also have a bit of a a diary slash journal of everything going on um, that I try. You know, I I treat this like a business, so I'm always trying different things. Uh, Last week, I, I, I... Got a, a number so people can text me. So I'm going to talk about that. I just, I try cool. a lot. Yeah. I try a lot of different stuff. And, and on the podcast, I say, Hey, this worked. This didn't work. This is a problem I ran into. And so the goal of the podcast is just that you get some value from it, whether you laugh or you learn something or something, you know, you apply whatever uh, someone I interview that I, uh, you take away some of the interview you apply to your life. So just always trying to make things better around for you know, people that listen or watch. Yeah. So where all can they find your uh, podcast? So podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. It's just Dan Geesling Podcast. And we're about to hit one year tomorrow. So it'll be 52 episodes. And and um, just had a Grand Pooh Bear on this week. He's a legendary speedrunner. He's a Red Bull athlete. Really interesting guy. And uh, I, I feel like out of everything, that's where I excel. I, I don't excel in this kind of format, I'm really, this is about the most someone can get out of me. I, I do a lot of, I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm a phenomenal interviewer. Yeah, meaning I that I, yeah, I can pull the best out of people because I just, I really listen and kind of get out of the way. So, but thank you guys so much for bringing me on here. You guys got a lot out of me and it's, it's not my tip, not my typical spot that I'm in. I, I like asking the questions, not answering them. Oh, hey, thank you guys for having me. Hey, hey you're yeah, awesome, Dan. Enjoyed it. it was good to get to know you a little bit. Uh, first time meeting you, uh, definitely good impressions. If y'all want to check out Dan, definitely links down in the description. Help this man out. Go check him out. Just go say hi to him on Twitch. Do something. Uh, but I appreciate you one more time, Dan. Thanks for coming on, my man. Dude, thanks for having me. All right. Later, guys. Later. All right, guys. That's going to do it for another GFY podcast. As you can tell, I'm a big fan of reality TV and of course Dan so I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did check out all of our podcasts every single one listen to all of them 
wherever you find your podcast. But you can check us out at anchor.fm slash podcast, And you can go to anywhere that the podcast might be available. Remember this week, we also have the video up on D20's channel. That's the first time this week. So show that video some love. If you're seeing it on YouTube, go ahead and do that. If you are listening on any of the other platforms, make sure you hit it up on YouTube as well. But I just want to say thank you for all the continued support and everybody leaving all the great comments and uh, thumbs up. I get so many messages throughout the weeks and they look forward to this podcast. We're going to keep doing this podcast as long as you guys support it. So thank you guys so much for doing that. And don't forget to hit those thumbs up.